0: Good morning, everyone. How is everyone today? Good. Well, my name is Luke, I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm just so glad to be here with you today. I really am. Uh, I want to take a moment for a shameless plug for HC Groups. You heard on the back of communication cards, today starts the signups. For that very special launch coming September the 8th, uh, and this morning we're going to talk about the love of God. And one thing we're going to talk about is the love of God compels us to love one another. And I'm convinced that the love of God, uh, our love for one another grows more and more the more we spend time with one another. And a great way to do that is through HC groups. So you do not want that uh, opportunity to go by without you taking advantage of it. Uh, also, throughout the summer, uh, I believe we're on uh, week 9 or 10 of meeting with our HC group leaders, and you might ask yourself, well, we're, we're on break from, from groups. Why are they doing that? Because they love you enough. They want to be invested in. They want to be poured into. And They want to grow so that when launch time comes, they are ready. They are energized, and their cups are full and ready to lead you in HC groups. So if you see them around, you know who the great HC group leaders are, give them a high five and say, thank you so much for all that you do for us, because that is a very, very big task, and we're so thankful for them. But this morning... Uh, we're going to talk about love illuminated again. We're going that's that's our theme, love illuminated. We've been in 1 John and I have greatly enjoyed our time in this book together. It's been precious for me in my life at this very moment. And so I'm so thankful for that. Uh, so to start this morning I want to read 1 John chapter 5, okay? We're going to be in 1 through 12 primarily and 1 through 4, but we're going to read 1 through 12. Um, If you would like to follow along, you've got one of these black Bibles close to you. We're going to be on page 1033 and 1034. I'll give you a moment to turn there. So 1 John chapter 5. I'm going to look at 1 through 12. It says, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. We know we love God's children if we love God and obey His commandments. Loving God means keeping His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. For every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And Jesus Christ was revealed as God's Son by His baptism in water and by shedding His blood on the cross. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And the Spirit, who is truth, confirms it with this testimony. So we have these three witnesses, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and all three agree. Since we believe human testimony, surely we can believe the greater testimony that comes from God. And God has testified about His Son. All who believe in the Son of God know in their hearts that this testimony is true. Those who don't believe this are actually calling God a liar because they don't believe what God has testified about His Son. And this is what God has testified. He has given us eternal life. And this life is in His Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have God's Son does not have life. Beautiful passage there. Lots of talk throughout this love illuminated about salvation in the gospel and Jesus. And so much talk about the righteousness that He gives us. It's In its very nature, is going to point us to the cross. What I love about uh, this is two weeks ago, Kyle made it very clear. He said, um, we are not all God's children. Now, we're all created by God, but we're not all God's children. You may be scratching your head, well, Luke, that sounds terrible. Why would you say that? Because it's the truth. It's the truth. So this morning, I want to pose a very blunt question to you. And I want you to be honest with yourself this morning. Because, friends, let me tell you, pride has sent many of people to hell. And you need to be able to answer this question honestly this morning. Here's the question. You ready? Do I believe that Jesus is the one true Christ? Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that? a question for you. I remember when the Holy Spirit was working upon my my life and and, and gently calling me to the Father. I remember what it felt like. Perhaps this morning you're starting to digest that question, and, 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 and maybe it's a maybe for you. I'm not sure. I don't know. Maybe for you, without a doubt, it's a yes. Or maybe for you it's a blatant no. But I need you to answer that question honestly this morning. And if you answer that question honestly to yourself, I really believe we can get somewhere. I believe we can get somewhere. Big question, do you believe in Jesus? Have you placed your faith in Him and Him alone? Leads us to our first point. If you know me, you heard me preach, I have to have three points. I've tried to do it without three points, but I can't. It's just how my brain thinks. So this is the first point of three. God's love allows us to be His children. That comes from the first part of verse 1. Let's read it again. Everyone who believes, everyone that believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God. So it tells us those who believe have become children of God. And, and let me tell you, that's a lot to process when we're trying to process what it is to be a child of God. Is it not? It's a, that's a heavy thought. So I want us to process that a little further. So let's turn to Romans. That's going to help us out some. Let's look at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, we're going to read verse 14 through 17, and I want to introduce a big word to you. That word is adoption, part of that big three. Adoption, justification, sanctification, big doctrinal words with lots of impact there. Uh, Adoption is a thought that's worthy of its own sermon series. We're going to do our best to talk about it this morning in point one. What is adoption? What happens When God calls us into His family and makes us His child, what happens? Let's look at Romans 8, starting in verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's Spirit when He adopted you as His own children. Now we call Him Abba, Father, for His Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are His children, we are His heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share His glory, we must also share in His suffering. Last week, I believe it was last week, summer weeks go by fast, our, our, our middle school group, they, they went to uh, the Texarkana Baptist Home for Children. And it was there uh, they met this young man named Ray Ray. Is Ray Ray up there? Hey, Ray Ray. He's one of four in a sibling group that is being adopted this week. That's, a, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. One of four that's being adopted. Adoption. Now, for Ray Ray, what, what this means is that his biological family has given up rights to him. He has no right to that family anymore. They have no right to him. And this new family, what it means for them is they looked at Ray Ray and his siblings and said, We want you. Adoption. So now, Ray Ray and his siblings have complete, complete love from this new family. They said, We want you. Adoption, what a beautiful thing. I love how Paul uses this illustration. At 13 years old, in the dirty floor of a Bog Springs cabin, My heavenly father looked down on me in the midst of sin, past, present, and future. He looked at me and he said, I want him. I want him. He knew all my flaws, he knew all my shortcomings, he knew that I would fail him time and time again, but he still said, I want him. My heavenly Father chose me, and He called me into His family, and I became a child of God, not only at that moment, but forever. Nothing I can do, nothing I can say, no sin I could commit, nothing can take me away from being a child of God. He adopted me into His family because I placed my faith in Jesus. He called me into His family. Maybe for you, you remember that time. What a precious time when you placed your faith in Jesus and he called you into his family. This adoption word is big. It's loaded. There's lots there. There's lots there. Remember that when he adopts you, you become his forever. So I, I, when I was adopted, keep in mind, like I, I lost all, all right to this sinful world, thank God. And I became an heir to his heavenly estate. He said, everything that I have, everything that I am, it's yours, like a good father. He said, it's yours. And one of the greatest things that he's given to me and us, if you call him father, is the Holy Spirit. Beautiful gift. That's what we get when he calls us into his family. So these next two points are going to be an overflow of this love illuminated, this love given to me, shown to me by God the Father as he calls me into his family and he gives me the Holy Spirit. This is what happens. Point number two. Point two. God's love compels us to love one another. We get that from the second part of verse one. It says, and everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. You want to have confidence that, that you're a child of God? You will love the children of God. You will love the children of God. This next phrase is going to be on the screen. We're going to sit here for just a second. Here it is. Because we are God's children, we don't have to love one another. We get to love one another. We get to love one another. And, and maybe it's our mistake in, in, in teaching and in just conversation. We've, we've talked about this. Oh, they're a child of God. I've got to love them i got to love them. I have to. I challenge you this morning, what if we had a perspective shift and we thought about our brothers and sisters in such a way and we said, I get to love you. What a joy that is. I'm thankful that God adopted you into this family. Now I get to love you. You're my brother or you're my sister. I don't get to choose who God adopts. I just get to love whoever He adopts. You may be thinking in in your mind right now, man. That's okay. I get to love them. I got. I got to pick on Kyle because he he's talked about this aspect for a couple weeks, and he always throws in there. You know, maybe it's a coworker that's hard to love. What are you you getting at, bro? (laughs) What what you getting at? Church, let me, let me encourage you for a second. If we could just have that mind shift, that, that person sitting next to you, in front of you, that you saw last week, you don't have to love them, you get to love them. You get to love them. God's love compels us to love one another. I want to share a story with you. It's true. Promise. I'm up here. It's true. It really did happen. This past weekend, we were childless. All the parents were like, lucky you, lucky you. So we went on a date, and because we're getting older and hate to wait in line, we went early. Because that's what you do. (laughs) That's what you do. We found ourselves done, check paid, before 6 (laughs) o'clock on a Friday evening. So we're sitting in the truck. We're literally, what do we do with all this time? What do we do with it all? And we're in the general area of a place called Hobby Lobby. (laughs) All the guys are like, bless you, brother. Bless you, brother. It's actually like, I really need to go there. It's just quick, I promise, just a few things. (laughs) Promise. And I'm like, I don't believe a word that you say. So we ended up at Hobby Lobby. And I have a confession to make. I love to embarrass my wife. I really do, and one of the one of the ways that I do that is to sing loud in stores. You can really catch me this Christmas at Home Depot. (laughs) I love it. So as we were walking through uh, the aisles of Hobby Lobby, uh, an instrumental of the song "It Is Well" came on, and I just had to cut loose. And she was like, "Would you please stop? Would you please stop?" Well, people are going to hear you. People are going to hear you. Would you please stop? Of course, about that time, a guy around the corner kind of gave me a look. She was like, I'm so sorry. I told him to stop. I promise I did. And he was like, i was just going to join right in. And it was about that time, I kid you not, this lady, I don't know f- how far over, she comes around the corner and she was like, Is that, was that you singing? And I was like, yes, ma'am. She was like, I told him to stop. She was like, I just had to come find the voice of that angel. And I was like, Yes. And was like, oh, my goodness, he's never going to quit now. He's never going <laughs> to quit. You know, I was really channeling my inner guy, Penrod, at that moment. I just had to cut it loose. Southern gas people know what I'm talking about. So, the point of that story. I was in a public space, and I was singing one of our great anthems of the faith, and this lady came because she heard a person singing a song that she loved. Now, she got a shock when she came around the corner and saw me. But the point of the story is, the children of God, we just, we're just drawn to one another. She's not thinking, oh my goodness, that, that person hates Jesus, if they're singing it as well. No! She's singing the opposite. And, and I know you've experienced it if you've been on vacation and, you know a few states away, and you're sitting there at a restaurant, and you look across there, and you see another family praying before they eat. You just feel like you could walk up to them and talk forever. There's something special about being a part of the family of God. Something incredibly special about it. And we have a special thing here at Holland Chapel. This church is going on 70 plus years. And in that time, I guarantee you, there's been some wonderful relationships formed. And perhaps you may be sitting by that person who is not a relative of you, but you would look to them closer than a brother or a sister. Why? Because of Jesus. There's lots of things that that factor into a friendship. You know, common bonds, interests, and all that stuff. But there's one thing that, that connects us as brothers and sisters in Christ, and that's the love of Jesus Christ. It's a special thing, and I want as many people as possible to experience what we have in the family of God. Remember, I don't have to love you. I get to love you. Because God's love compels me to. Now if we look at part of verse 4, we need to read it because more than just having a familiar face as you walk in here, there's something really, really important about being a part of the family of God. Let's look at verse 4. For every child of God defeats this evil world. i repeat it. For every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. If you look at the, 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 the Greek language here, it's heavy on the plurality. That means we get to do this thing together. It's not just rolling up in here and seeing a familiar face. Oh my goodness, they're kind. They always hit like on my Facebook stuff. No, it's much more than that. You and I, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we get to help each other. When a brother or sister, they stumble or they fall into sin, it's our job to reach down and to pull them up, encourage them, strengthen them. When when a brother or sister in Christ deals with something devastating and their heart is broken, it's our responsibility to weep with them. When they have a baby, we, we show up at the hospital and we rejoice with them. That's what we get to do. I don't have to do any of that. I get to do that. Because why? You're my brother or you're my sister, and I am compelled through the love of God to love you. The family of God is a very... Special thing. I want to point your attention to verse five again. And who can win this battle against the world only those who believe? So again, it's that big point. Who is in the family of God? Who is a child of God? Only those that believe in Jesus? There's that big question again. You believe in Jesus. Because we love God, we get to love. One another. Point number three, God's love calls us to obedience. We get this from verse 2 and 3, 1 John 5. Let me read those. We know we love God's children if we love God and obey His commandments. Loving God means keeping His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome the word obedience from time to time it has a negative connotation to it does it not kind of this begrudging i have to obey all the parents in here tell your kids brush your teeth brush your teeth brush your teeth would you obey me brush your teeth anybody relate that's our struggle and typically, the reaction that our kids give us does not bring us joy. Why do we ask our children to obey in hopes that we are making them better people? When God says, you got to obey me, it's not burdensome. He's trying to make us better. We have to understand something. When God asks us to obey, it's not a burdensome, begrudging task. It's actually freeing. When we obey his commandments, we step into the freedom that he has for us. It's quite the opposite of what the world says. The world says, cut loose, live your life however you want it. But God says, no, obey me, and then you will really know what freedom is all about. Anybody ever sinned, messed up, and experienced consequences and think, this is is not what freedom is supposed to feel like? The shame, the guilt... God has taken care of all that if you just do what He says. Then you step into that freedom. There's going to be some pictures on the screen for you. Yep, know what you're thinking. Gun show. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. I like to point out this little tiny human, that's Delaney. And in a minute, you'll see a picture of Brindley. And what we're doing right here is we're building a deer stand. Because it's coming. It's coming. And what these little girls are doing, they're just wanting to be with their dad. Everything their dad does, they think it's the coolest thing in the world. And I beg their mom, please go take them and get their, their nails done. I'm just way too redneck to have two little girls. Like, you know. But, but they don't care. They, they just love being around their father. They want to be like their dad. And it breaks my heart because I know at some point in their life that their eyes are going to be open and they're going to view me and they're going to say, he, he fails in this area. I dread that moment when they're old enough because right now I'm, I'm their hero. And I, and I pray that God saves their soul. And they have that perfect example, that perfect heavenly father. But the point is, we have this internal desire to be like our our dad, and and if our heavenly father is perfect, wouldn't we want to be like him? Wouldn't we want to be and act and do everything that our heavenly father does? He's he's telling us, John's telling us, just obey Him. They're not burdensome. When you obey His commandments, you begin to look like Him. Romans 8, 5 says this, Those who are dominated by the sinful nature, think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, think about things that please the Spirit. Remember, when you become a child of God, you are gifted the Holy Spirit. Sin at that point has no more hold over you. John 3 tells us, 1 John 3 says, those who keep on sinning, the love of the Father is not in them. Because God loves you and calls you into His His family, that, that sin desire should go away. It's freeing to obey God. And I used to tell teenagers all, this, all the time, like you don't have to constantly say sorry for Friday night. You have the ability to say no. Sin does not control you anymore. The Spirit does. And here's a good test. If you're not feeling the Spirit, maybe you're not a child of God. And like I asked you this morning, that big question, do you believe that Jesus is the Christ? If you're having trouble answering that question honestly right now, this is the time that you get it figured out. If you are unsure, if you're in the family, let's get it worked out. Let's get that worked out. There is truly freedom when we obey our Heavenly Father. Remember, His love calls us to obedience. This love illuminating thing, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a big thought. When God calls us into his family, now we experience the love of God, and our lives should be in such a way that people see the love of God in us. So that we love his children, and we obey his commands. Then love is, is seen, right? People see that. Your life is different. Here's a big challenge. I want you to look at me this morning. If you think you're saved, but your life is not any different, then maybe you don't know the Father. That's harsh. I get it. But we have to confront this question do you believe in Jesus? In student ministry, being around that all, all, all the time, you, you see kids' camps, you see, you see student ministry events where, you know, a thousand kids, you know, get there and 45 leave saved and you're like, what is, what is going on? How come that doesn't happen anywhere else? So let me tell you why it happens. Those kids for four or five days are confronted with their sin and they're confronted with a Savior. And this morning we have to look at the entire book. If, if you can keep on sinning, then maybe the love of the Father is not in you. You have the power to be obedient. You have the power to look like God the Father. I want to look like God the Father. Do you want to look like God the Father? Obedience. Obedience. That big question, I want to leave you with that this morning, okay? Okay? Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ? A few months ago, we we had a lady that's been in church a very long time. Many people believed she was saved. She thought she was saved. But God spoke to her, opened her eyes, made her aware of her sin and her need for Jesus. It would have been very easy for that lady to hide in pride and say, nope, I'm not going to do that. Nobody's going to know that I've been living a lie because it's not. But maybe that's you this morning. Remember what I said. Pride has sent many people help because we can't admit our need for a Savior. Does your life look different? Can you honestly answer that question this morning? I believe that Jesus is the Christ. I've placed my faith in Him and Him alone. I've been called into the family of God. If you can't answer that, let's get that worked out this morning. Let's pray.